Less than 24 hours, Georgians will be under a shelter-in-place order. McDonald, though, said he did not know the man was handcuffed and was trying to use his foot to pin him to the ground so he could be handcuffed. If your friends, neighbors, or local organizations are not complying, report them to us. Howdy, y'all, and welcome to the Free Georgia Podcast. My name is Jake Green. Thank y'all so much for joining in today. Um, Today, we're going to talk to Mr. Ted Metz, who's running for Secretary of State here in Georgia. Um, But before that, drop a like on the video, share it with your friends, um, subscribe to the podcast. We really are trying to get out as many people to vote for the LP this year as we possibly can. It's a big election year here in Georgia, and uh, voting begins mid-October, I think, like October 13th or somewhere around there for early voting. And then election day is November 8th. So please spread this podcast around and any other Liberty-based podcasts or information that you happen to come across. Um, Comment, do all the above. Um, If you're interested in becoming part of the Libertarian Party or just learning more um, about it, go to lpgeorgia.com and we have tons of information on there. Um, yeah, should get you, get you more knowledgeable on, on what all we stand for. Um, but with that being said, let's go talk to one of our candidates, our statewide candidates, uh, secretary of state, Mr. Ted Metz. All right, Mr. Ted Metz, how are you doing today? Welcome to the free Georgia podcast. Hey Jake, I'm, I'm really good. Thanks for having me on this morning. Nice. Um, so you're running for secretary of state. Why did you choose to run for secretary of state over any of the other offices that are up for, up for grabs this year? The answer is really pretty simple. I started alongside Garland Favorito of voter GA over eight years ago. I started following him around and videotaping his presentations on the voting system. He was a retired IT professional, so he understood it. I've been in IT since the 90s, so I understand the technology. Um, Anyway, his presentations pretty much uh, let me know that there was a problem with electronic voting systems because it's easy to hack, they're easy to manipulate, there's there's many different points of attack, and and that started me on the path to being an advocate to the point where I'd go down to the Capitol building and actually testify in committee hearings. Um, you might want to put a link to the resolution I wrote against electronic voting machines mm-hmm. prior to HB 316, which authorized the purchase of the Dominion voting system. Basically, uh, the advocacy among myself and many other groups is for paper ballots counted at the precinct level because that's the only way we can really know what someone put on their ballot. Mm-hmm. Oh, so anyway, that, that, that's pretty much what, what got me into it. And then, you know, after the 2020 election, well, really after the 2016 election, you know, I ran for, no, actually, I didn't run in that one. Um, but the 2016 election, um, because I was the only A in my advanced statistics class at Georgia State University, I can look at numbers and know that there's a problem just from the patterns that emerge from looking at the numbers. Of mm. course, I, there was nothing I can do about it. I, I, I told everyone I could tell about it and, and 
Um, it didn't really go anywhere in 2016. In 2018, you know, it's interesting that in 2018, I was polling it at 7 or 8%, but only ended up with less than 1% of the vote. That was highly suspicious. And I think that was the same election that Sarah Riggs-Amico was missing 130,000 votes, and Brian Kemp just happened to win by 130,000 votes. Hmm. To me, using a database, copying a, a, a field of records and pasting it into some other spreadsheet is an easy thing. And, and pretty much that's one of the ways that the 2020 election was manipulated. And we have data and, and evidence of that exact thing happening. And, and that's something a lot of people aren't willing to look at the evidence because it's just too wonky because they don't they don't get it because it's all about you know SQL databases and and spreadsheets and and you know sixth order polynomials and 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 math and and things and statistics and people just don't get it so they don't want to hear it. Plus, I don't think people want to even believe that that they would rig an election. Mm. But again, we have the evidence and and of the cases, all the cases that were filed. The ones that actually got a judge to take a look at the evidence were cases that were won by, by the people that filed the lawsuit. And then all the rest of the, you know, hundreds of lawsuits were just thrown out because of standing or latches or, or um, basically, uh, I can't say that word, um, frightened, frightened judges. So we're still working on it. We have, we have cases pending. Uh, we have a case pending in the Georgia Supreme Court, and and all we want to do is present the evidence. If we ever got to the point of presenting the evidence, it's, it's extremely clear that there were anomalies that can only be explained by by manipulation and algorithms and and people actually moving files around. And we do have the evidence of that. So anyway, all of that is you know that that's what really really sparked me to run for Secretary of State, especially in light of the fact that Brad Raffensperger basically broke rule of law by circumventing the legislature whom shall pass all bills related to voting times and places and manner, uh, like with the, with the uh, consent agreement with, with Stacey Abrams and her ilk to eliminate essentially the signature verification requirement and then the drop boxes and, and several other things um, that really put a burr in my saddle. And, and, and those are some of the reasons that I'm running. I, I think the most important reason that I'm running is because I completely understand that the foundation of our democratic republic is being able to elect someone to to represent you and if they have stolen our votes to elect who they want to put in into their cabal um that that equates to slavery mm. i think you've heard a lot of folks say this like you know if, if like george carlin you know good old george carlin was saying that you know if, if voting if voting mattered they wouldn't let us do it and, and I think that's pretty much the point we've arrived at. Yeah. Yeah. So I hope that answered the question of why am I running? I could go on probably about more, more reasons and rationalities for it, but I'm sure we'll get to more of that. Um, but I will, I will, let me, let me interject. This yeah. is that I have been in computers since I was a child. I understand programming. I understand algorithms. And I also understand 
um, user interface and, and databases, most importantly, the databases and, and Excel. Excel mm -hmm. spreadsheets and, and SQL database is, is so similar, you can import and export files be between them fairly easily. And, and anyway, the thing is I'm qualified to do this job because I understand computer systems, I understand databases, I understand hack points and, and vulnerabilities. And, and those are the reasons, on top of that, I used to be a stockbroker, licensed 63, six and seven. So that's part of the Secretary of State's um, overview is, is businesses as well as regulated um, securities. So I am qualified. I'm, I'm probably the only qualified candidate in the race. Well, I am the only qualified candidate in the race. Okay, so does that answer the question? There's a lot of reasons why I'm running. I like it. No, that does answer the question. I'm sure we'll get to even more uh, here in a little bit. I, I do have a question for you. Um, in a state where we already had all the laws against us in a third party, as, as a third party, and where the people in charge are now the ones installing these Dominion voting machines and making new new rules that we don't even know about. How on earth could you get them to change it? And what is that process like? And expose exactly what they're doing. Okay. Um, this is, I'm going to get a sip before I start this because this is, this <laughs> okay. is kind of involved. All right, let's do it. First and foremost, the, the um, well, and I really didn't really understand it until it just dawned on me one day when I was reading the Curling versus Raffensperger final, final opinion of Judge Totenberg that pointed out two sections of Georgia law that the ballot marking devices in the Dominion system violate. And that is that the definition, the legal definition in, in our law in Georgia, Official Code of Georgia, Section 21, 2, 366, and um, 7AC, those describe the legal definition of a ballot, which is a paper ballot with the elector's choices in human readable form that are tabulated based on the human readable markings on on the paper ballot that is the legal definition of a ballot and how our system is supposed to work as you know the dominion democracy suite ballot marking device encodes your choices into a qr code and the tabulator actually reads the qr code so number one in the definition of a ballot it does not have anything in there that that codifies the insertion of a QR code. Mm. Secondly, because the votes are being read off the QR code, that violates the part that says that it's supposed to be human readable text only for tabulation. So with that, we started moving backwards and we found essentially the see that that breaks the law right there. And, and on that basis alone, that, that the system does not comply with Georgia law, we should be able to toss it out right there. But that has been a really hard fight. We've been at city councils and, and local boards of elections and, and even um, and some precincts saying that you have the authority under 21 to 
three, three, four. In if a boating system is not practicable, you may switch to paper ballots, and that's the law. So the poll managers essentially have the authority under OCGA twenty one two three three four to go to paper ballots because the machines are trash. The machines break the law. If we can't get a judge to say, okay, enough is enough, here's here's an injunction because these machines do not comply with Georgia law. That's kind of like how, how we're attacking this at this point, but we're falling short of actually getting a judge to do anything about it. So that's one way to fight it. The other way to fight it <clears throat> is going back to the contract. Um, there is like a, a guidebook on and, and codified law in Georgia law that, that describes the behavior of vendors and the requirements of their contracts. Under the Georgia code section covering vendors, it clearly states that the vendors shall only supply products that comply with Georgia law. Now here's the smoking gun. Dominion sent Brad Raffensperger a memo clearly stating that the Dominion democracy suite system does not comply with Georgia law and Brad Raffensperger signed the contract anyway. Now that is outright fraud. If, if I don't win the election, we're going to do a class action lawsuit for fraud against the Dominion um, lobbyists, the Dominion salesmen, everyone who had anything to do with the contract all the way up to the person that signed the HB 316 authorizing this. Actually, he's out of it because it was just, you know, Brad Raffensperger signed the contract and he's the one that is, is culpable. And, and we're going to certainly try to go after him and everybody else in his office who had anything to do with approving a known fraudulent contract for a system that was known be, to not comply with Georgia law. So there you have it. Now, what was the question? <laughs> No, that was great. Um, I, I've had experience with this and uh, I've even done it myself where people bring up election fraud and my eyes just automatically roll. Um, why, why do you think it's so hard to get so many people to care about this? Do you think it's because of how detailed and, and like technical it is, or do you think there's other reasons? Well, the most recent Rasmussen poll indicated that 59% of all voters from all parties believe that 2020 election had some problems. Hmm. So that's one thing. The other thing is that there are a lot of people who just do not want to believe that, that there could have been, you know, any election fraud at all. You know, they, they trust their government. Right. You know, my favorite Pink Floyd line is, mother, should I trust the government? No. Um, and and it, it is that a lot of people don't understand the math. I went through that before. They don't understand computers. They don't understand the math. They, right. they just don't know. They don't know what they need to know in order to understand how the election was actually um, manipulated to a certain outcome goal. Mm-hmm. And, and I was about to say, remember those graphs of large, you know, the law of large numbers and, and you should have a flat line on the cast vote records. Mm -hmm. And the way it, like 
had a slope is is not natural it's 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 um statistically impossible no it's mathematically impossible to have that kind of a curve anyway um i i lost track of what i was going for here um but the other thing is the news media shaming propagandizing and and repeating the lie big enough often enough mm-hmm. for it to soon become the truth you know election deniers the big lie all this stuff um it's it, it's fomenting you know the, the left and the right it's mostly the left because we know that um the left is is fomenting division between democrats and republicans or conservatives and liberals however you want to look at the left right paradigm Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of people, you know, now it's it's down to, I guess, 41% of people don't believe there is an election fraud. If they actually looked at the evidence and saw all the different ways where the systems are vulnerable, they, they may kind of like maybe open their mind to listening okay. to the evidence. What uh, What's the easiest way for them to look into something like that and actually see it for themselves thank you for the great plug (laughs) um the answer is i have just uploaded a video of professor david clements gave a presentation in coming last week and he went through everything that you need to know about how the systems are vulnerable the people behind it all of the lies and misinformation that that went over in, into the, I guess, the purchase of, of the Dominion system. Mm-hmm. It's really an interesting history. Um, but I, I did put up this video on my Rumble channel. My Rumble channel is easy to find. It's Ted Metz, all one word. So you can go to Rumble and search videos. I'm sorry, channels. Mm-hmm. And and then search Ted Metz, T-E-D-M-E-T-Z. And my channel will pop up with this little lovely porcupine logo. Um, but this video is an hour and a half long. I know it may seem a little long, but you can watch it at 1.5 or even 2x. Yeah, I um, watched it, it this morning, and it was pretty easy to listen to. It at was, 1x or 2x or what? I, I listened to it at 1x. It was it was interesting. <laughs> it really is fascinating. I, again, I've been I've been filming experts explaining a various you know like one technical issue or another technical issue, but never everything all in one place where it covers from A to Z, from, from the very foundation, the history, and, and then the <clears throat> technology being used and the methodologies being used and the resources being used to actually manipulate elections. It's, 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 it's mind boggling. It totally is mind boggling. But anyway, David Clements was the first professor to be fired for refusing to get a jab or wear a mask in New Mexico. Yep. So anyway, it's a, it's a great video. It is a great video. Presentation. I would highly recommend anybody go who is interested in this topic to go check it out because I listened to it this morning and it had, I've never really looked that much into elections and how it, how like the Dominion machines tabulate votes, but a lot of this was very enlightening and um, really made me think about uh, digital voting it's it definitely creates a pretty massive problem so if you have any interest in in uh learning more about how it works uh head on over to ted metz's uh channel on rumble and and i will i will reiterate what 
Jake said, this is really the best video on explaining everything you need to know about it, about the election system and how the election system can be manipulated. Mm -hmm. And even if you just have a mild curiosity, um, it's worth watching and sharing, but definitely share because if everyone understood this, you know, there would be pitchforks and torches on, on our county commissioner's doorsteps. And that's really the point that we need. We, we need this before the 2022 midterms is we need to get rid of the machines and go to paper ballots. Otherwise, um, our country may just be lost because they're already talking about, um, you know, the Democrats are already predicting that they've won. And if they take over the Senate and the majority in the House, then, then we're really in a, in a position that, that makes us look like the Hunger Games on steroids and i'm serious about this this yeah. everything that they've been doing is in compliance with population control under the agenda 21 agenda 2030 um treaty and if you haven't read that by god go to the un and and, and look at it because this is for real we're not we're not kidding here can they you, really are you, trying to take over can you dive into both of those things for a minute because i don't i don't know what those are and i don't think a lot of people would you don't know what Agenda 2020 is? Nope. Or I'm sorry, Agenda 21? Nope. It all started back in the 70s when I was a like an interested high schooler. I hate saying that, but yeah, um, in in an environment that you know, environmental sciences was was like like a new branch of stuff back in the 70s, mm -hmm. and and I guess a lot of the same people that run the world. Um, had a had a, a, a Helsinki Accord in 1971, and out of the Helsinki Accord came a, a United Nations treaty known that's titled Agenda 21. And Agenda 21 is all about this New Green Deal crap that they're trying to foist on us, as as well as like like planned communities, safe communities, all the stuff that we're seeing um, being implemented right now. And since they missed their target of Agenda 21 for the 2021, they've, they've now renamed it Agenda 2030. And they've included things that we're also seeing right now, like for World Health Organization control over declaration of pandemics. Hmm. Um, you know, we're, we're in a world of hurt because, you know, if people are not more aware of this, you know, it's their game plan. I mean, they've been playing out this game plan for, for most of my adult life. And I've been trying to tell people it's Agenda 21 and, you know, and, they, and the same conspiracy theorists kind of like glazed. What do they, what David Clement say? Like, like dog-eared response, huh? <laughs> yeah. Um, so anyway, it's, uh, you can find those documents either just simply by using your favorite search engine to look for Agenda 21 or Agenda 30. And it'll pop up and you can download the entire document. Uh, right from the United Nations website. You know, this is United Nations. You know, you got the WHO, we got the United Nations, we got the NATO, we got all these extra constitutional um, treaties with, with, with people who uh, literally are trying to form one world government. One world government, I think, is an anthema to freedom. Even, even the government we have right now is an anthema to freedom. So... Any more questions about the Agenda 21 or their goals? Uh, no. But, you know, the, the, the movie, The Hunger Games, is absolutely the best 
um, glimpse at what Agenda 21 will lead to in the future if we don't stop it. Peasants living in dirt poverty versus the rich elite living in luxury. Mm. Um, so, so watch those movies. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> and definitely, yeah, that's interesting. I'm going to, after this, after we get off this, uh, this call, I'm going to look both of those things up because I honestly had never heard of them. So, um, wow, I'm, I'm surprised. Well, this is the issue. Like, I don't know, man, we, we like on social media, that's generally where I get most of my articles and like links and do most of my talking with other folks. And I feel like if we get the algorithms are there to keep us in our own little echo chambers. So it makes it more difficult to learn new information and information that you wouldn't normally be exposed to. On top of that, I'll, I, I believe there there really is a, a huge um, and and coordinated implementation. I'm going to say because it's already happening to to suppress information that 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 used to be widely available on the web. Mm. Like you used to be able to like 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 Google a couple or I say Google. Um, sorry <laughs> about that. Search engine like the Ford Foundation papers. Yeah. I actually finally found one of the Ford Foundation papers um, in, in one of my external hard drives that basically describes um, what's going on now, the equalization of standard of living globally. And, and in their Ford Foundation paper, basically it's saying that, that, that the US population needs to be brought down to the level of the poorer countries like, like China and, and Africa and they're doing that. How are they doing that? They're doing that by ruining the value of the dollar. Mm -hmm. So, you know, gold and silver and, and lead and brass are, are your sort of precious metal currency choices. And if you don't have a bunch of canned food right now, you better stock up because you're going to need it and probably for a year now, a uh, year's worth of supplies because of the nitrogen from... Uh, natural gas, making fertilizers, the mm -hmm. embargo against the fertilizers from, from the Eastern Bloc and, and all this stuff. Uh, the droughts because of HARP and, and geoengineering, mm. you know, some places are flooded, so all their crops are gone and other places are being droughted like Northern California where everything is burned up. There's no food, you know, they're killing cattle, blah, blah, blah. So. You know, all these things are happening at once, and it's very hard to get an overview of everything that's going on globally, because you really kind of have to look at other other countries to see what's going on. Yeah. Um, to know that 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 they there is a group of people who are about to pull off a, a huge depopulation of the planet. How's that for conspiracy? <laughs> I mean, if you look at if you look at what they're doing to like. Uh, farmers in the Netherlands, um, they're basically ruining them. And the Netherlands ex exports a massive amount of the world's food um, because of their farmers. And they're making all these laws and regulations to basically cripple their farmers over there. And there's not enough pushback. And, you know, there is some pushback, but yeah. but what do you do when, when, when the government has the guns and, and you, you don't have any? What do you, yep. what are you supposed to do? Uh, you know, roll over and die. That's what they want you to do. 
but this is all you know this this all gets right back to to the reason i'm running for secretary of state is because without honest elections to elect people that represent our conservative values if you will you know are are like i like the um monroe doctrine we should be making our own stuff here and and we're not supplying anything and blah 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 anyway if we don't solve the the crisis we have right now in in honest free and fair elections then in the next couple of election cycles if this continues we will be worse off than venezuela mm. please don't say i have to say that on the <laughs> if we don't do paper ballots in this election we're going to be venezuela by next summer if not you know after christmas well that's a terrifying prospect uh, no one wants that. Um, you know, and it's, it's awful that it's it's tr you know it is absolutely the truth, mm. but people don't want to handle the truth because it's uncomfortable and and it it puts them into a state of of, of mental fugue because if mm -hmm. they think of that then they're going to get all well you know fearful which is exactly where the government wants us is fearful. Mm -hmm. um, so they just don't want to believe it so they just like put it out of their mind because you know their life is fine they're making their paycheck they're having food right and and there are some parts of the country where, where people are trying to decide well should i buy food for the kids or or gas for the car so i can go to work mm. you know this is you know this is really happening right now the news media is not covering it uh none of the social media's uh platforms that are popular with with the people that need to know this stuff are even allowing that sort of content on their platform <laughs> And, and, you know, they're continuing to purge people with, with what would you say, truthful outlook on, on, on what's going on. They, they, they're squashing the truth tellers over in favor of their propagandists. Yep. Alex Jones was right on so many things. <laughs> so many things. <laughs> yeah. Who is it that has Alex Jones was right jar on their TV show and they always drop a dollar in there like every time they figure out he was right <laughs> i i don't know but it, it sounds like like tim pool or something yeah it sounds like something like that like and the jars getting really really full <laughs> <laughs> um so what exactly is the secretary of state in charge of here in georgia like what has brad raffensberger been able to do for the last few years in order to help himself and his party in the upcoming election Oh, well, first of all, I really believe that Brad is a Democrat who just won as a Republican. Um, the things that he's done to help his party, which I'm going to say is the Democrats win, is, <clears throat> you know, like severely curtailing signature matching on mail-in ballots, hmm. drop boxes, moving moving our voter registration database to the cloud under a company uh, owned by Salesforce for $3.5 million contract. Goodness gracious. Um, and, and when we were trying to get him to investigate the election anomalies, he's saying, well, I don't have the staff for it. I don't have the budget. So that lying prick basically said, you know, I'm going to spend $3.5 million to expose our voter registration database to any group or organization that, that wants to hack in while saying, okay, well, I only have like four investigators and I can't, you know, afford any more, you know, a million dollars would, would buy 10 investigators for uh, 10 years. I mean, this is ridiculous. 
so anyway, um, um, so I think another thing that, that, that has helped the Democrats win is the fact that, that there is an organization known as Happy Faces, okay. which basically will hire anyone off the street to go and, and pretend that they're an election worker, which means, or a poll worker, with, where they actually like sit and shuffle mail-in ballots and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, when we did an audit, Happy Faces was, was, infil- was, was totally in charge of Fulton County. When we finally got the ballot images <clears throat> and the and the and the batch that the uh, ballot batch sheets, um, batches of, of ballots when they're when they're going through processing the ballots mm-hmm. <clears throat> are generally in lots of a hundred. So along with every batch of a hundred ballots was a log sheet that basically was the tally sheet that said, okay, you know, so many votes for candidate A, so many votes for candidate B, C and D, et cetera. And, you know, the number of votes or the number of ballots are <clears throat> one of our, one of our volunteer groups within voter GA actually um, crunched all those numbers, looked at every batch of ballots, every batch tally sheet and found that the batch tally sheet was wrong. 60% of the time, 60% of the time, there were more votes for Democrats than there were, um, well, listed than there were from the actual batch of, of ballots. Okay. So if the ballot says, you know, 60 votes for, for, for the red party, they'd have 85 votes. Mm. And, and so anyway, that was one of the things that I think kind of helped uh, along in the election anomalies was a high reliance on on contractors to work as poll workers from a group owned by one of our other gubernatorial candidates uh, the company's name's happy faces and and actually fulton county just renewed their contract so they're going to be of course happy faces is going to be in in um in the polls in fulton county for the midterms all right, so those those are the major things that, that Brad has done. Mm-hmm. First and foremost, he signed a contract for 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 the Dominion Democracy Suite system um, fraudulently outside of the compliance with with Georgia law. So that was step one. Step two was ballot box uh, ballot drop boxes. Step three was um, mailing out absentee ballot applications. Two or three showed up at my house, and there's only me that lives here. <laughs> and, and then um, eliminating the signature requirement. And then the other thing is tweaking the machines so that uh, a larger percentage of ballots were kicked out to go to adjudication. Um, when, when you feed a ballot through the scanner, if, if there's a stray mark or something, it'll kick it out as not being able to be read. So that goes into a stack and it goes to adjudication. If you got a bunch of happy faces workers um, doing the adjudication, they're going to make sure that their candidate is marked regardless of what the ballot says. So, um, and that makes sense. And then, and then the next thing that, that, that Brad Raffensperger, well, actually several things that all amount to erasing the data from the 2020 election. You know, he allowed counties to, to completely delete the voter history for 2020 election outside of the 22 month mandatory federal compliance outside of the 24 month mandatory OCGA, um, Georgia law, um, retention for, for election records. And then he kept filing amicus briefs 
and 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 have his staff attorneys lie in court to deny access to the physical ballots. So we were never really able in the places that we were able to see the physical ballots, we confirmed that the election um, reported results were not what the ballots actually said it was. And still, we can't get that into court. So that's all the stuff that Brad Raffensperger did really to destroy um, what what our election system and voting rights violations in place currently. All right. So that's one thing that Brad Raffensperger does. Another thing in, in the realm of authorities for the Secretary of State is, is business licensure and um, occupational licenses and professional licenses. I already talked about um, you know the um, investor uh, protection stuff, like mm -hmm. through securities and such. Mm -hmm. But we'll, we can talk a little bit about business uh, licenses and, and um, occupational licenses and I hate to bring up the subject because it's it's, it's kind of difficult for me. Is professional licensing? Okay. Well, let's let's get into that then. What uh, hmm. what would you do? What what is he doing, and what would you do differently? Uh, uh, he's not really doing anything because you know that's all all computer automated, and he's I don't know what he's doing. I don't actually know that he even shows up for work. He just signs papers and stuff. Um. <laughs> But when, when it comes to, well, of course, you know, there are different departments within the Secretary of State's office and, and you know, the same people have been running the um, business licensing. Uh, well, I'm, I'm sorry, I was about to go off on this, like, like all um, Microsoft software, all their websites and all their all their accounting and stuff is done on Microsoft. And, and anyway, that's a joke to me. But, um, <laughs> you know, all it's automated. Anybody. Anybody can go and, and, and pay online for a business license and is granted almost immediately without any real vetting that I can tell. Hmm. So that's one thing I want to look into is, is, is how are business license grants um, being vetted? And, and is there some sort of a history where that like we know certain people in high office within Georgia have, have been shuffling business licenses around for like years and years. And and you know business licenses like forming an LLC or something like that is is one of the methods that rich people use to dodge tracing accountability and taxation. So I, I want to see if there's some measures within the, the business license registration system to track changes to see if we can tell that there's any you know real crooks out there changing their business every six to months to a year to uh, sort of remain behind a Chinese firewall. All right. So that's another thing is, is occupational licensing. I actually think um, occupational licensing may be done through the fire department. I think that's actually a um, secretary of insurance or insurance commissioner function, but occupational licensing is something that's, that's a really kind of like a curious subject. On, on the one hand, I totally understand that the government cannot take a right and turn it into a privilege by charging a fee for a license. Hmm. Uh, I, can I get a kind of shout out from the, you know, like, like this channel, if you believe that the government has no right to turn our 
natural rights into a privilege by selling us a license. Darn right. <laughs> um, okay, but on the other hand, there are a lot of occupations that require training. Um, one of my friends basically kind of got into it with me over over hair and 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 fingernails. You know, there are actual like health and safety things that somebody needs to be competent in and to be able to communicate their knowledge of the health and safety aspects of doing nails, whether it be by testing or, or, or practical testing, you know, in front of somebody, okay, do this, tell me what you're doing, why are you doing this, blah, blah, blah. You know, I, I, I on the one hand, the most libertarians think that the marketplace will, will, will weed out bad actors. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the practicality and, and the risk factor from like insurance companies and stuff like that, you know, you're not going to get a, a license, you're not going to get um, business insurance for, for doing nails if you don't have any credentials. So that's one aspect. But I really do believe that there are some occupations and professions that, that need some sort of uh, assurance from a third party that the person is actually competent to perform those functions mm. before they're allowed to go out and actually charge money for those services. Mm. Um, so this is, this is my dilemma is that on the one hand that's turning right into a privilege, but on the other hand, you're actually looking out for protecting the public from, from people that don't know what they're doing. So, you know, if they just, if they didn't charge a fee for, for registering and taking a test, man, I'd be okay with that. You know, having third-party credentialing that, you know, submit your PDF authorization to get the license, you know, that, that would be okay with me because that at least there is some proof by some people that would be held accountable for their failure to make sure that you didn't know how to do something like this. But, you know, that, that way the public can have more confidence, but the other side of the coin is the, um, in general, society can have more confidence that somebody actually knows what they're doing before they do it. Yeah. Couldn't that third party be some type of actual third party like business that is is an expert at credentialing people and running through tests and stuff like that, rather than it being the government who can just deny people based on a whim? I'm that's kind of where I'm at with that. And and believe it or not, the state of Georgia is already doing third party. Hmm. Um so like like many of the professional licenses like insurance and such. Are, are done by a company named Pearson View. Pearson View, I, I swear to God, they are satanic. Um, you, you pay for the test. And then if you, you have no recourse to dispute answers that they mark wrong, that you have the proof that they are right. And, and that's something I don't like. The other thing I don't like is an exclusive contract through Pearson View. And Pearson View is one of those nationwide um, companies that, that get government contracts to sell um, document learning to, you know, school children that are not vetted by the parents or, or the school board, you know, document-based right. learning. Common Core, I was trying to remember what Common Core was in, in the discussion last night. I, I just couldn't get past CRT. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So I, I, I think there would be better ways to ensure that someone knows what they're doing in order for them to apply for, for a, or I apply, I mean, like, like, you know, register for 
for that business for a professional license. Mm -hmm. um, third parties certainly can do it. I grew up in an era where underwriters laboratories, um, I bet any of the millennials have no idea what I'm talking about when I say underwriters laboratories. Not a clue. Um, <laughs> they were, you know, they were basically an industry. Well, they were, they were, they worked for the insurance industry. They were independent, uh, laboratory that actually tested stuff that went on the consumer markets, like, like, you know, light bulbs and, you know, toasters and stuff like that. And, and when I was a kid, it was my ambition to go to work for underwriters laboratories. So I could like, like take stuff apart and see how it works and stuff. Um, <laughs> so underwriters laboratories is, is one of those organizations. If you're making a product then you have to have a licensed product, you know, underwriters laboratories would test your product and say, okay, you know, we, we prove there's nothing that's going to kill you in this. It's safe. Mm -hmm. There are definitely uh, avenues for third party well, third party, whatever groups, association, businesses that, that, that would go through and do the testing and, and, and um, issue some sort of a cert certification paper, right? you know, saying that you definitely know what you're doing. It's okay to, you know, we, we approve them getting, getting registered by the state without having to pay additional fees. Yeah, that, that I, I like, but again, I, I know that's really like, what do you call that? Like two-sided on the one hand, it's important that people know what they're doing. On the other hand, I don't want the state involved. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, it's, you know, there are always tough problems to work out, especially, um, especially when you're just trying to help people be safe. You know, the general public who can't do all the research behind certain companies and stuff like that. So <laughs> it's, uh, you know, it's just a, one big complicated world. <laughs> Well, it really is. Um, and, and again, that's, that's one of those subjects that's kind of hard to talk about because you do want safety and you do want freedom. So, mm -hmm. you know, sometimes there has to be some sort of a, 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 a intersection that are, is, is acceptable to all parties consensually and voluntarily. Yeah, there you go. Um, right now, uh, another thing that the Secretary of State, we, we talked about business licenses, we talked about um, professional licenses, we talked about securities, and we talked, I guess, about the election system. One of the things that I think that I would like to bring to the Secretary of State's office is, is the Secretary of State should be the guy who's in charge of making sure that everything in the state is, is working according to the rule of law. You know, we got the Attorney General on the one hand, she, who should also be making sure that that happens, but that's not what they do. You know, the Secretary of State, we got the governor's office, you know, the Secretary of State, I think, should actually try to implement some sort of a program to make sure that um, the population understands the basic principles and precepts and concepts in how law is supposed to work, the hierarchy of law, and, and how to look at things from, from, is this constitutional? Does this violate my rights? Does the is the government authorized to do this? And, and, and that's something that I, I really think would be a, a good addition to uh, the Office of Secretary of State is to make sure that everyone else knows how to make sure that we maintain the state under the rule of law. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so day one, if you're elected, what's your, what's your day one look like? <laughs> day one. 
I think my best thought on this is actually to um, call Rudy Giuliani on the telephone and say, Rudy, we got a RICO problem here in Georgia. Come help me. You know what RICO stands for Racketeering Influence and Corrupt Organizations Act. Mm. That was originally written for mafia. And Rudy Giuliani basically got rid of the mafia in, in New York and, and um, Philadelphia and a few other places using the RICO statutes. And what we've found over the years is the RICO statutes fit perfectly in with also main, you know, ruling your, uh, what am I trying to say? A reeling in, yeah, reeling in um, corrupt government. So I, I really think we have RICO cases that are just, you know, waiting to be filed against a lot of the actors within the government who've done a lot of things uh, above and beyond the voting systems. But there's a lot of corruption in the state of Georgia, and it seems to be business as usual. There are a lot of corrupt act actors who do a lot of a lot of um, shady deals. Mm. So. Anyway, but but my my day one, it really has to do with with the election integrity, you know, and all the violations of Georgia law that, that occurred in the 2022 or the 2020 election. The 2022 primaries were, were wrought with 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 issues. Hmm. So, you know, getting the investigation, getting the people who were involved in the fraud that is H, you know, the Dominion voting system. Yeah. And and. You know, preserving the documents, that's that's really part of the day one strategy is, is to lock down, get everything under seal, lock it down so they can't delete it. They can't erase it. And we can take it to court and actually prove. See, and this is the thing. I, I As Secretary of State, I could actually go through the previous um, election results compared to the ballot images and do some canvassing to actually, like, call voters or, or have a team show up at the door and say, did you actually vote in this election? Mm -hmm. Did you vote by mail or did you vote in person? Well, our record shows that you didn't vote, even though you say you did. <laughs> um, yeah, and they, they go over that in the video you posted too. About how one thing they didn't go over is, is a couple of weeks ago, there's a video on my Ted Mess channel uh, about a group of Cherokee County citizens that delivered 37,500 signed and notarized affidavits for people in Cherokee County voters on the registration that don't live in Cherokee or um, Gwinnett County. So 20,000 20, of those for 37,500 that don't actually live in the county but are still registered to vote there are shown in the voter records as actually having voted in the 2020 election. So, yeah, there's things we need to do. We need, uh, as a Secretary of State, I'm actually going to go and, and reopen any of the files from the 2020 election that I can find and, and, and look basically to compare everybody else's data. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it, it has taken most of the experts, you know, it's, it's only been within the last couple of months that we finally fully understand all of the different problems that occurred in, in the 2020 election. And if you watch the David Clements video um you'll understand about all the different points of attack that were um employed to to uh manipulate the 2020 election results so you're going to play a video here go for it 
No, no, I was just showing people the video so that uh, they could search it out on Rumble or just search it through their search engine. Um, and then I'll I'll also drop links uh, in the video in the description for the podcast because uh, not everybody watches. Most people actually listen. So um, we're still growing our YouTube presence. <laughs> well, something like this would get booted off of YouTube because I've already used like corruption and, you know, stolen election and big lie and Great. election denier. You're going to get the LP Georgia suspended from YouTube. Right? <laughs> <laughs> That's what happened to me on YouTube. I feel like I feel like at this point, it's kind of a badge of honor to to get suspended from YouTube for talking about true things. <laughs> Well, I, I guess it's a, it's a double badge of honor to actually be terminated. <laughs> you know, my whole Google account associated with that with that channel was terminated. That's cool. I went to complain and you know said blah blah blah, and the you know the response I got was um, that does you know that channel does not exist. Well, you're spreading huh? you're spreading misinformation, Ted. What can you expect? <laughs> All right, uh, what's the next subject. Jake next subject. I mean, well, first of all, let's, is there a more aptly named machine than the dominion voting machine? <laughs> it's, it's, it's you did like, watch that video, didn't you? I did. It's, I mean, it's an absurd name. Why would you, it's like hiring Darth Vader to oversee the rebellion. Like, what are you doing? I like, why would you name it? First of all, why would you name it dominion? That is so insanely ominous. Satanic. <laughs> it's just bizarre. I, I can't get over the fact that Raffensberger employed Dominion voting machines. That's ridiculous. That's um, that's what slave masters do. <laughs> what uh what's your campaign looking like this this go around? Like what uh what have you been doing and what are you doing next? Oh my goodness, I have I, I've I've actually been out there um I, I've always been active in a lot of different, um, well, I'm going to say it, conservative groups. Mm -hmm. Some of the liberal groups, I, I, I can't get past, like, trying to figure out what my uh, preferred pronouns are. You know, dude and late for dinner, but never call me late for dinner. Um, <laughs> and, and a lot of these groups I've been in for, like, years and years, so they already know me. You know, I have a lot of circles um the, for activism in, in several different areas criminal justice reform uh voting reform marijuana reform you know hemp hemp farming and and uh i also have a whole set of groups that are into other liberty aspects as well as health and wellness so i i basically they all know me I already have their vote and i do a lot of republican groups or at least Republican leaning groups. And, and I go to their meetings and they all know me and, and tell me that they're going to vote for me. But most of them will whisper in my ear, I support you, but I, I can't let anybody know that because it violates the Republican loyalty oath. Right. So, you know, funding has been kind of, kind of slack, but I really haven't really asked for that much funding. Mm -hmm. I've gotten a lot of, I personally have given away, uh, almost 10,000 of my campaign cards, you know, by handing them out to people. Mm -hmm. um, I was at a rally this weekend and got a great picture with uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene and Herschel Walker. <laughs> wow. <laughs> um, I've got, I've got people on the, on the GOP um, state committee 
who were telling who who told me that on our next meeting they're going to make a proposal to eliminate the part of the loyalty oath that says we will only support our own candidates and change it to we will support the most qualified candidate just for that me sounds pretty great <laughs> um but i have a lot of momentum uh, i've i've known some computer wonks that actually do some polling and, and say that you know they're saying that i'm, I'm polling over 20 percent with with the republicans all right um why do you think wants, it's why nobody think it's wants, easier to get republicans to to address this and listen to you over over democrats one one of the biggest things is that that most of the republicans especially in the circles that i travel in have been part of the election integrity network that has been talking about how vulnerable the machines are for for like 10 years mm -hmm. my friend garland has been doing it for, for like 15 years ever since kathy cox um put in place the diebold dre direct recording machine that i knew was a problem because there's absolutely no record of actual voter intent it's all digital data that you know there's is not um auditable okay so right. <laughs> I, i'm sorry i, I kind of got lost in that thought um what was your question <laughs> you know i think i forgot my question too um uh what was my question it was, it was, I think you were asking me how am I doing? Yeah, um, yeah. Like what? What? Uh, what's like? What? What are you doing for your campaign over the next few weeks before uh, before the voting begins in October? I I do have a couple of of um, live debates scheduled, one with the League of Women Voters and one with PBS Loudermilk debate series. Mm -hmm. So I have that, but I have a bunch of other events going on. Uh, I'll be in. I'm not even sure where the hell I'm going to be. I'm going to be somewhere in in uh, middle georgia on saturday during the day for some event and then that evening i have an event on this is on the 17th that shane hazel will be at and it's part of our one of my other organizations the georgia cannabis industry alliance at airport vapes at seven o'clock i'll be there shane hazel will be there it's kind of a panel discussion right. about this you know the state of our economy and such um, and then I've just got like, I've got stuff going on. I, I would have to pull my calendar up to really tell you everything that's going on, but I'm just busy all the time. Gotcha. Pull up your website here just so people can, uh, visit it if they want to. It's tedmets.com. Super easy. I, I want to share my newest slogan. Let's do it. What is it? Um, at, and it seems to be pretty effective. I started doing this at, at the, at a, at a fair in Peachtree city a couple of weeks ago. You know, I, I introduced myself and it's like, hi, I'm Ted Metz. I'm your least regrettable candidate for secretary of state. <laughs> that's perfect. That's that's already what people are trying to do anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a pretty good pitch. Um, and then for the Democrats, it's like, why vote for the lesser of evil? I am, I am Lucifer. Vote for me. No, I'm kidding about that. But, you know, but, but saying that, you know, we really are. And a lot of people recognize that they, this is kind of a spiritual battle. We are, we are literally in, in, in a war of good versus evil. And, and everything, you know, Saul Alinsky taught all these guys that are currently in the administration um, quite well. It's like, like, blame blame what you're doing blame others uh for what you're doing 
and and we see that every day and and you know the propaganda war and and the division and and the most interesting thing lately with the 9-11 memorials is everyone all all the all the big wig lefties were, were saying about you know we in this we have to remember you know about extremism and terrorism and stuff and basically talking about the ultra maga crowd mm-hmm. and and you know they're they're worried that the multi ultra maga crowd or you know the conservatives and people that actually have a brain uh they're they're scared of them because you know we we're not going to take this um tyranny anymore and they are the they're the tyrannical everything they've been doing is is like textbook tyrannical stuff yet they're they're saying oh yeah it's like we're the most inclusive and and you know saying you know constantly referring to january 6 as you know the worst thing that ever happened but completely ignoring the summer of fire out out west when they're burning like like antifa and blm were burning down buildings all over the country and mostly peaceful and and they're they're accusing the other side of violence when they are the ones that are inciting violence and employing violence in in their in their protests yeah i mean it's a classic tactic though like the clinton campaign used it they accused uh donald trump of colluding with the russians and it turns out that it was the clinton campaign that did it. <laughs> <laughs> and a lot of people still don't want to believe that you know they made they they raid mar-a-lago over uh, a misunderstanding of of the words of the presidential records act when hillary had he deleted thirty three thousand classified documents off of an illegal basement server and and she didn't get in trouble for that yep i well, mean i mean there's, there's just double standard. and everything like if you you know well, just... there's a lot of folks this here's here's the actual deal there there's not there's no such thing as a double standard mm. the, in in america right now it is a standard it is only a standard and the standard is those in power are going to do everything they can to oppress, suppress, and 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 lawfare their opponents, mm-hmm. which which of course are are you know essentially the Republicans. Anybody that's a Republican or identifies as, as a Republican or or a patriot or or a citizen or even an independent, um, if if you're if you're not a Democrat, you're going to get lawfared. There have been so many people who've been subpoenaed under under no authority, no constitutional legal authority to subpoena people. And, and, you know, that ends up in, in FBI raids, like, like Project Veritas being, being invaded and James O'Keefe's house being raided over Ashley Biden's diary, which was given to him. You know, stuff like this is just, it's, it's, it's amazing. If you actually see what's going on to, to people who are, are, are telling the truth, you know, it started with Cheryl Atkinson, you know, and, and yeah, it's just awful. So the standard, current standard is use every means to suppress the truth and to demonize those that desire the truth be told. Mm. And that's the social media, social media purges, mm-hmm. um, the propaganda on, on, on every set social media platform, the AI algorithms. It's just, it's, it's ridiculous. It's, it's it sad. Ridiculous. It's sad to watch. Yeah. It is. You're not wrong. By the way, who? So we've talked a lot about Brad Raffensperger. Who's running against you on the Democratic ticket? Uh, a young lady named B. Wynn. 
and I, I I keep meaning to to look into her um, biography. I, I've I've actually been in committee hearings and spoken with with her before in the past. Uh, apparently, she has the nickname as Killer B. I I, I, I haven't her investigated her. Was uh, I was going to ask if her campaign slogan was "I be winning." <laughs> I terrible joke. I, I again I, I really haven't investigated her at all I, why focus on 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 that when my focus is really exposing the truth about what's wrong with our election systems and mm -hmm. and proposing my my uh, solutions which are paper ballots hand counted at the precinct level mm -hmm. with the results being sent to the county and then the county can give them to the state instead of all this internet connect connectivity shuffling votes all over the world mm-hmm yeah, so that's that's another plug for the video that that's shared below on my Rumble channel, Ted Metz, T E D M E T Z Rumble. Go there and look at that video, and it'll explain how your vote is turned into a fractionalized. Um, oh, I have to look it up because it's it's a great quote. Anyway, it's a, a it's a data point. Yeah, it's a fractionalized, manipulated data point. It's not a vote. Your vote should go to the candidate of your choice, and and your vote actually goes into this digital. Um, I almost said something that rhymes with warehouse. Um, <laughs> it goes into a digital void where where they distribute your vote to whatever candidate they want to win. Mm. And 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 again, the data of of exposing the AI and the algorithms and the programming behind how they're manipulating the votes. It's pretty easy to see once once you know how to how to how to um, analyze the data. Mm -hmm. So please watch that video. It's got a bunch of fabulous charts and graphs and and graphics that explain it all in in real easy to understand visuals. It really does. Yeah, he's he's not kidding. It, it explained it super clearly. Gave demonstrations in it of how it, how the software actually can work. Um, it's very interesting video. Uh, Ted, where else can people follow you, find where you're going to be, all that kind of stuff? All right. Well, I have not posted my calendar online because I don't want some, some nutcase to come in and, and try to like snipe me while I'm giving a speech in public. So, um, well, where can people follow along? Know. And, and know anyway, yeah. sorry about that. I was just thinking out of the bounds of, of normality here. Um, my website is tedmets.com. Mm -hmm. I am pretty much on every social media chat channel out there, including locals, uh, Gab, Mines. I am on Twitter. I am on Facebook. I'm on Getter, Parler, um, True Social, and, and, and several that I'm probably forgetting, but I'm, I'm Ted Metz on, on all of them. So you can find me at any of those places. And if you'd like to volunteer to help my campaign and posting and sharing my content, um, that would be the greatest gift you could give me because that's I, I don't care about uh, amassing huge amounts of, of campaign contributions because that just complicates the accounting. So <laughs> help me out by sharing my content and, and letting people know that, that I'm out there as the only qualified candidate and certainly the least regrettable candidate for Secretary of State. 
Awesome. Yeah, you heard it. Uh, go to tedmets.com or follow him on any kind of social media. Seems like he's on every single platform, which is awesome. I'm on like one at this point in time. <laughs> <laughs> um, and if you have any interest in, in learning more about the LP, joining the LP, anything like that, go to lpgeorgia.com. Um, and you can, there's a whole wealth of information there. Ted, thank yes, you so Jake. much for joining us today. Thank you so much for allowing me to like blather on and on about things that you really need to know about before our lives are taken from us in the grand cull. <laughs> well, I feel like that's what this podcast is for. So really? you did a great job. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Jake. All righty. Y'all have a good day. Later. Be well.